When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Folks, welcome one and all to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. I hope everybody... Hope everybody's having a good Monday. If you're from Philadelphia, I assume you... I assumed you spent it sobering up on top of a bus shelter. Because yesterday was the Men's Football Conference Championship, and the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Which is fantastic or terrible, depending on how you feel about the Eagles. I spent all day yesterday parked in front of a TV yelling, Fly, Eagles, fly! Because because I was watching the end of The Lord of the Rings where the Eagles carry Frodo and Sam <laughs> to safety. Coach Gandalf deserves Wizard of the Year on that one. But on, on, on Super Bowl Sunday, it turns out the Eagles will face AFC champs, the Kansas City Chefs. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's that? It's not Chefs. It's, it's the Chiefs? <laughs> I doubt anyone in 2023 would still be calling their team the Chiefs. Come on. <laughs> Well then, cha- well, then change it to chefs. <laughs> they can make it the vegetable chop. <laughs> crudite. Crudite. <laughs> it's gonna catch on. Yeah. It's gonna catch on, baby. It's already a history-making game because Kansas City Chefs tight end Travis Kelsey and Philadelphia Eagle center Jason Kelsey will become the first brothers to face off against each other in a Super Bowl. But not the first time family members have played each other. Who can forget the dramatic playoffs matchup between Joe and Hannah Montana? (laughs) She's tough. She's tough. Yeah. Snapped her femur. (laughs) Snapped that footage. Philly fans celebrated the big win with their typical restraint, climbing stoplights, climbing stoplights shirtless, tightrope walking on stoplights, and collapsing stuff with the power of drunk. Everybody's fine. That celebration is before they even play the Super Bowl. If they win the mid-game, someone's gonna fistfight a bus. Oh, uh, speaking of dangerous dummies, there's more news about New York Representative George Santos... Seen here trying to decide what his next name should be. (laughs) Now, talking about him on uh, The Late Show here has been a lot of fun, but uh, not everyone's into it. One journalist at HuffPo thinks, it's time to stop talking about George Santos. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Uh-uh, nuh-uh, time. I'm as sorry as I can be. We're gonna keep talking about him. Because the hits just keep on coming. It looks like, as far back as 2020, Santos may have been lying about campaign donations. Specifically, a new report found several George Santos campaign contributors don't appear to exist. <laughs> which can only mean one thing. The Santos campaign was funded by... A Or election fraud. <laughs> According to the report, in many cases, names of the donors were straight up made up. For instance, his campaign reported contributions from Victoria and Jonathan Regor, but no one named Victoria or Jonathan Regor could be located anywhere in the United States, and their listed address, 45 New Mexico Street, Jackson Township, New Jersey, does not exist. <laughs> so, bad news, he might have committed fraud. Good news, one less place that exists in New Jersey. Another beautiful state. I'm sorry, Phil. Beautiful state. Another reported donor that raised suspicion was named Rafael da Silva, which happens to be the name of a Brazilian soccer player. <laughs> Apparently, that's a name that Santos stole. In some instances, the address was real. But the person wasn't. For example, campaign finance reports listed a Stephen Berger at an address on Branch Road in Brawley, California. But when asked, the people who live at that address said they have no idea who Stephen Berger might be. Sounds suspicious. Although the Santos campaign was happy to provide this picture. <laughs> now, in response, it's quality, quality, quality joke. In response, the Santos campaign has updated their donor list and has assured us the real Santos contributors are David Authentico, <laughs> Pierre McFlurry, Alberto Rialname, and here's another guy. That's not all. Sure. Alberto Rialname. Old friend of mine, Alberto Rialname. That's not all the George Santos news I refuse to stop talking about. The congressman was also spotted last week at a karaoke night in D.C. where patrons tried to get him to sing karaoke. But even though he ultimately declined, Santos did say that his go-to karaoke song is I Will Survive. <laughs> that is, of course, the disco classic recorded in 1978 by George Santos. <laughs> but... But if you do want to hear George Santos sing his lying heart out, you are in luck, because journalists have tracked down what appears to be Santos's old account on the singing app Smule, which allows you to sing karaoke on your mobile device. It's all the fun and excitement of a karaoke bar, except not that. <laughs> the reporters found lots of Santos singing to himself, including his renditions of Hallelujah, the Pitch Perfect hit Cups, and Let It Go from Frozen. According to Santos, those recordings earned him a Tony, a Grammy, a Purple Heart, and the Nobel Prize for Volleyball. <laughs> Y'all want to hear some? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. Because here's Santos singing Hallelujah. She tied you to a 
kitchen chair She broke your throne and she cut your hair And from your lips she drew the hallelujah Now, in fairness to George Santos, he does sound like he's been tied to a kitchen chair. <laughs> Here's Santos. Here's Santos singing Cups from Pitch Perfect. When I'm gone, when I'm gone, you're gonna miss me when I'm gone. No, we won't. <laughs> Get a fact check on that one. That was rough. That was rough. Okay, one more song. Here's Santos <laughs> doing unspeakable things to Let It Go from Frozen. Let the storm range on. Bothered me anyway. That song, that song, of course, <laughs> famously sung by the protagonist of Frozen, Otzi the Iceman. A little different from the song that was originally performed by Adina Menzel. I think Santos was channeling a slightly different singer. The wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeen. <laughs> never gets old. <laughs> that never gets old. <laughs> Adele Dazeen. Uh, pretty big weekend for the GOP, because uh, on Friday, RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel was elected to a fourth consecutive term. I would say congratulations, but it's a horrible job, and I do not like you. <laughs> and with the GOP divided and in turmoil at this point, McDaniel had to fight some strong opposition. Of the 167 votes cast, McDaniel received 111 votes, while her primary challenger, Harmeet Dillon, got 51. But I hear what you're saying. You're saying, Steve, why are you talking about this? You don't care about Ronald McDaniel or Harmeet Dillon. You are very observant. Thank you for watching. I am talking about this race because of one man, my pillow CEO and Mary Poppins' troubled uncle, Mike Lindell. In the run-up to Friday's vote, Lindell claimed he called every member of the RNC and bragged, sometimes I talk for three to four hours to one person. I do most of the talking. Occasionally, they'll ask a question like, 911, what's your emergency? So, Lindell, Lindell put in the effort, and in the end, he was rewarded with four votes. Four, really. Not 4%. Four. That actually seems a bit high. Jim, can we see who voted for Lindell? That checks out. Are they related to that burger guy? Wow. Are they? <laughs> That's that a looks like a burger. Nice. Something in the eyes. There's news from the land down under because a tiny radioactive capsule has been lost in Australia. Or as it was reported down in Australia, crikey! <laughs> thank you. I want to thank Murray Bartlett for being here today. Hello, Murray. <laughs> to raise public awareness, this image of the tiny, tiny capsule has been released. No. <laughs> Nothing that important should be that small. Did AirPods teach us nothing? <laughs> so, how do you even lose a radioactive capsule? Well, it got lost while being transported and is believed to have fallen off the back of a truck. <laughs> really? Falling off the back of a truck is how you explain why that stereo equipment you're selling is so cheap. <laughs> it's not how you explain why the wallabies are glowing. Now, authorities are on high alert, and an emergency hunt for the device, which, again, is about the size of a pea, 
is underway along a 1,400-kilometer route. To put that in terms, my American viewers will understand, 1,400 kilometers is just shy of the distance from New York to Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> and a pea is a small vegetable. <laughs> and... And a vegetable is what goes in that bottom drawer of your fridge and rots while you eat air-fried Pop-Tarts for dinner. <laughs> to lead the search, to lead the search, the Department of Fire and Emergency Services has deployed teams with handheld radiation detection devices and metal detectors to locate the device's gamma rays. See, they're looking for signs of gamma radiation and, oh my God, they're too late! <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up... Rachel Brosnahan. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, folks, my first guest tonight is an Emmy Award-winning actor you know as Midge Maisel in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She now stars in the play The Sign in Sidney Brustein's Window. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Rachel Brosnahan. Nice to see you again. Thank you for bringing the sparkles. Listen, it's January. It's bleak out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. An artificial shot in the arm. Yes. Um, uh, you, you star in the, uh, the Lorraine Hansberry play, the, the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window alongside Oscar Isaac. As you can see here, it opens Saturday? Yeah, we okay. have our first performance on right. Saturday. So, how's it feel? How's it feeling? Woo! You got the butterflies? A little nervous is yeah, good, absolutely. right? Yeah, absolutely. We're in that place where we've forgotten what the play is about and who we are, and <laughs> it's getting dark over there. No, but it's great. It's been it's been such an incredible experience. We we did the first readings of this play, Oscar and I did, with, with Annie Kaufman, our director, back in 2019, I want to say. Oh. And, and then, you know, the play didn't happen for obvious reasons, and, and it came back around. We did another reading in 2021. And it's just really gratifying to be finally about to put this play up, this piece that hasn't been seen in New York since the 1960s. Well, the, the original production right here, speaking of which, this hasn't been mounted since 1964. Yeah. Your part, Iris, was originated by Rita Moreno. Yeah. Right there. First of all, first of all, have you ever met Rita? I haven't met Rita. Lovely. You'd oh, my be, God. We should all I be so her. lucky to be that spry at 91. I, seriously. Yes. She's, in, she's an icon, a queen. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Any intimidation of taking on this part? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. Those are huge shoes to fill. No, Rita's amazing. I know that Oscar's been texting with her a little bit and was going to see if she could come check out the show. So what, I hope... Has she said anything back to Oscar? 
I think she did respond, yes. um, uh, which positively? is good. Yeah, but yes, positively, I, I think, unless, yes. he, unless he's lying to me every day sure. rehearsal. Which is what a co-star should do. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully she'll come check it out. I'd love to meet her. Now, this, of course, is not your first time treading the boards, professionally or otherwise. Yeah. I understand that you, you, did some, you did some high school theater. I and did. And I'm curious if you can describe uh, this role for us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what's going on here? Uh, well... Uh, before, before Cats was brought back into the public consciousness, famously recently, yes. um, uh, I was in Cats in yes. high school, and yes. there is absolutely no excuse for whatever this, <laughs> this cat costume is. Do you remember what's happening with your character here? Is she uh, dealing with a difficult hairball? She, what is... She did. She did, yes? She, she's dead, yeah, she's oh, real she's dead. Um, she's the dead, okay. She's the dead cat. No, you know what, it, it, it was the wig for me, this, this kind of... Uh, Elvis cat thing that was going on. I was very much in the ensemble. I had okay. I had no no part to speak of, hidden way they in the didn't back somewhere. They know what was coming, did yeah. they? Yeah, no, they did Someday not. Someday they'll all see, she thought. That's right, when I appear in Cats on Broadway, coming this spring. <laughs> but that wasn't... You don't have to clap for this that. This one I like. We got, a lot, we got a lot of photos, which I love. But oh, God. The, you set a photo in that... Um, this is not the only performing you did when you were in school. Yeah. You were an Irish step dancer. I was. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that, the little outfit and everything. I had to sleep in a perm to get that hair. Did you have to sleep in, what did you say? Sleep in a perm. You had to sleep in a perm? Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't get curls like that any other way. You, yes. you, you put some curls in, so put that's a little bonnet natural. on. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I mean, people, yeah, no. Irish people have some it's, crazy hair. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. intense, the it process. It spins off their head like becoming gold. Becoming a young, it's, that's yes. right. Yes, the now, golden Now, how curl. serious were you about this? Because I love, you know, your, your river dancing and stuff like that. Thanks. Can you still do it? Can you still do, like, the arms at your side and the clippity-clop? I... Can do at least eight bars, uh, and if you come see the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window coming to BAM near you, uh, starting this Saturday, you might catch a, a glimpse of what's left of my Irish step dancing days. <laughs> so, why? I'm sorry, but are, you're Mrs. You're Mrs. Brewstein, aren't you? I play Irish Brewstein. Yeah. You're Irish Brewstein. Why is Irish Brewstein Irish Brewstein Irish dancing? So Iris is uh, she's she's part Irish. As we yes. as we talk briefly about in the okay. play, she's an actress, mm -hmm. she's a dancer, and um, and she loves to perform. She loves a good opportunity to, to whip it all out. It's not just Irish dancing. Okay. You might see a little bit of a Greek misrelu, um, okay. some Irish step dancing, mm -hmm. and uh, and and uh, a whole lot a whole lot of other jigging. <laughs> she gets jiggy with it, is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Rachel Brosnahan. Everybody, stick around. <laughs> Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Sydney Brewstein's window, Rachel Brosnahan in November, and this is 
a, a lovely photograph. In November, you finished shooting the fifth and final season of Marvelous Ms. Maisel. Yeah. And you posted this. Did you tweet this? Instagram? What'd you do with this? Uh, Instagram, Something. I think, yeah. What was it like filming the last scenes? It was really emotional. It was, it was pretty beautiful. Our uh, creator, director, writer, Amy Sherman Palladino, encouraged the whole cast to be there for the whole week. So mm -hmm. we got to spend the entire last week of shooting just saying goodbye to this thing that's mm. changed all of our lives and be there together, which we don't always get to do. There's a lot of us. And so it was really special to, to get to give it the send off it deserved. And we can't wait to share it with everybody. And um, yeah, it was bittersweet. Well, what about Midge? What, what about Midge herself? What will you miss most about playing the character? So I got to spend the last five seasons <laughs> searching desperately for this unshakable confidence that this character has. And the opportunity to pretend to be that unflappably confident every day and call it a job sure. is, has been pretty amazing. I, I hope I get to hold on to one shred of that. It took a lot to find, and, um, and I, I think I'll miss getting to live in that skin every day. Do you think you'll ever take advice from her as you're about to go into an audition of your own? Maybe, <laughs> yeah, good old <laughs> up, absolutely. <laughs> good advice for us all. <laughs> yeah, keep those up, Steven. Harder as the years go on. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a close-knit uh, cast. You guys have known each other for years, and I understand you actually brought in something to relieve everybody's uh, stress in shooting this last season. Can you explain, and I think, I'll see if you can figure out what's going on here. What's going on in this photograph right here? At first, I thought you were well. in a huge shopping cart, but what is... <laughs> This, what are these fellas doing? Steven was maybe the best day of my entire life. Um, we, so this is actually from our second season. We shot oh. um, 10 episodes during our second season. It was the only time we ever tried that. We never did it again. And uh, we started the season in Paris. We traveled to the Catskills. We, we were on the move a lot. It was a really, really tough season. The crew was really tired. And towards the end of the season, somebody had told me about this service in New York where you can order therapy pigs to come to your workplace and make you feel better. And That's so I brought therapy pigs to set, and it was, it was kind of incredible. They're all up for adoption. Sure. This one's name was Bam Bam. And, um, and we got, we all, everyone got to take turns holding Bam Bam. And, uh, and it, was, it was kind of amazing. All of our, the grips and the electrics and all the guys who are usually pretty tough and stoic, yeah. you know, yeah. delightfully hugging small piglets was, was something that is burned into my memory. Did you think about adopting? Did you think about adopting one of these pigs? Absolutely. I thought about adopting all three of the pigs that came to work and, um, and decided against it in my, in my New York City apartment. I think my yes. husband would... Listen, they get would, larger. <laughs> Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. I hear. But you're not allowed a garbage disposal in New York. But technically, you could have a therapy piglet. Who could be the garbage disposal for you. Hot damn. Think about it. Maybe We're on to something here. Lost an opportunity. Um, well, it was so lovely to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much Thank for being here. Too. Good luck. Thank you. Break a leg. Thank you very much. Previews. For the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window, start this Saturday at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. It's Rachel Brosnahan, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing: if you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you.